If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. It's time for another episode of the Leading Learning Podcast, episode 27 to be specific. And this time around, we are going to talk about the topic of engagement, which has been a a hot topic in many sectors, but particularly in the trade and professional association organizations that are concerned with engaging their members and prospective members. But before we engage around the topic of engagement, I wanted to mention that if you are listening to this podcast, then there's a very good chance that you or others on your staff may be interested in learning technology design, or LTD for short. And LTD is a learning experience designed specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. The goal of the event is to help attendees find new and better ways to engage learners and create lasting impact through the effective use of technology. So if you want to be sure your organization is not getting left behind, and more importantly, if you want to connect with a peer community that can support you as you move forward, this is the event for you. You can find out more at ltd.leadinglearning.com. We'd also like to thank Com Partners, makers of the Elevate Learning platform, for being a sponsor of Leading Learning webinars. And as part of that package, they are a sponsor of this podcast episode. You can find out more about upcoming webinars at tagoras.com forward slash webinars and about Com Partners at compartners.com. So now let's turn to this subject of engagement and there's there's a reason that we have engagement on our minds this week that's right earlier this week we spoke with aaron wallowick and tracy king Uh, they have a what is engagement survey out right now and in fact we encourage you to participate in that survey if you haven't already and you can get to that survey by going to leadinglearning.com engage And we'll just say right here that if you're in a position to pause the podcast and to go and take the survey, I think it's only six questions, it's relatively short, and then come back, that would be ideal because we're going to talk about our answers to some of the questions that are in that survey. So we don't want to unduly influence you. So if you're in a position, pause now, go take that survey. You can find it at leadinglearning.com slash engage and then come back. And doing that, of course, will be a great way to ensure that you're fully engaged with this podcast because you will have just spent some time thinking about and reflecting on your perspective on engagement. And of course, you know, one of the things that Aaron and Tracy are going to ask you to do is to define engagement. What, what do you think engagement is? So if you're not dialing into the survey, you know, take a, take a few seconds now just as you're listening to the podcast and as I'm rambling on here to think about what does engagement mean to me? What is engagement? And as you're thinking about that for just a few seconds here, I'm now going to pose that question to Salisa. Salisa, how do you define engagement? Well, I'm kind of a, a word nerd. I get the uh, Merriam-Webster uh, word of the day in my inbox every day. And so, you know, when somebody asks me to, de- to define something, one of the uh, um, my usual go-to techniques is to go and see what the dictionary has to say. Mm. Um, and so, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, at least you know one of the initial primary definitions for it is that you know engagement is a promise to meet or be present at a particular place and time. 
And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, interesting to keep in mind because in some ways that is just the bare minimum, right? I think when we're talking about learner engagement, I don't think too many of us would be satisfied if we just have people show up and they're there physically at the right place in the right time. But I don't think that's what most people mean by learner engagement. But, but it's an ironic definition to have out there because we know that's what a lot of organizations are struggling with is they, they have people show up at an appointed place in time to meet, uh, to be part of a conference or an event, but they're concerned that maybe actual engagement, at least as, as you know, we all seem to be thinking about it, concerned that maybe that's not actually happening. Right, that Merriam-Webster definition sets the bar pretty low, mm-hmm. and so you want to kind of do, what, what can you do above and beyond that? And, and for me, when I think about learner engagement, you know, I want to th- sort of take that idea of, of learners being present, but sort of say fully present. So meaning not just physically, temporally, you know, if applicable, you know, of course, this can also apply to online learning as well as place-based, but you know what, that person there, fully present, so physically uh, temporally, mentally, intellectually, emotionally, um, you know, I really want learners that are there and involved in a learning experience. So these are learners who aren't, uh, you know, thinking, okay, I can sit back and be taught, but they get that they need to actively participate in constructing the learning that happens. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a more visual sort of person, I think, so I'm trying to sort of work out the points of this and, and uh, visualize it in my mind. And I think of engagement as really kind of a a bridge between motivation and learning. When people are engaged, they've at at some level, whether consciously or unconsciously, tapped into their motivation. And they really are, as you said, bringing their their full self to the experience and and then ultimately making that experience their own in in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, you're going to see it in, uh, you know, whether they're willing to talk with others about it. You're going to see it in whether they're willing to, to take it back to the office or, or you know, in, in some way, um, take what they're hearing and connect it uh, to their real life, their real experience, and, and act on it. Um, and from the, you know, the standpoint of learning, for me, that, that's when engagement has incurred. And I think in terms of what we're both saying about what engagement means is I just like would, would like to point out that it, it doesn't matter then whether engagement is happening um, in a physical place or whether it's happening digitally because this kind of you know the learner involvement the learner in what you were just saying Jeff building the the bridge between uh, motivation and learning I mean those can happen in in any environment whether physical or digital and so I think that's an important thing to to note because I think Sometimes maybe we tend to think too much about, oh, well, learning's different in one context or another, or engagement's different in one context and another. And I think fundamentally, it, it's the same regardless of the medium that, that's being used. Yeah, I think the fundamentals are absolutely the same. The, the types of you know, psychological opportunities or, or barriers that are present for the learner or, the, or that the learner perceives may differ in, in those environments, but the fundamentals are the same. And, and I think it's important to, to stress, too, that uh, you know, engagement is not equivalent to interaction. Uh, I, I think, or early social interaction. I, I think a lot of uh, organizations, a lot of people talking about engagement feel like, you know, if we're not getting people to, you know, talk to each other, if we can't see them talking to each other, uh, whether that's online or off, then there is no engagement. Um, but that may not be the case. I mean, you, sometimes you can't see the signals of engagement in a learner. Somebody may be, you know, deeply immersed in a, in a text or, or, or video, really be a- a engaged by it. Um, and, and you won't necessarily know that, but it is tapping their motivations. 
Um, they are bringing themselves fully to it. They are actually going to, the change is going to occur. I mean, all learning creates change. Um, and, you know, being able to engage and, and make it your own, that's, that's the root of that change. That's not uh, dependent upon social interaction. That's just dependent upon, as you've already put it, the, the learner bringing her full self to whatever the experience is. And you mentioned that the even though fundamentally engagement is the same regardless of the environment, you mentioned that kind of the, the barriers or the benefits might differ b based on um, the context. Will you, will you say a little bit more about that? Well, sure. You know, for somebody, for some people to be in, you know, the hallway of a conference um, and be able to talk with somebody and engage around what they've just learned in a, in a session 15 minutes ago, talk about how they're going to apply it, ask the other person, you know, how they're going to apply it. Um, that's, that's quite easy for some people, and, and that's what they prefer in, in terms of engagement. For other people, and I know this happens to be true of me, you know, I might be the person sitting in the back of the conference room, you know, taking copious notes, and you know, I, I'm, I have the practice of uh, not just taking notes on the content. Um, I'm going to mirror what Harold, Harold Stolovich said in a recent podcast with us, but making a lot of notes to myself about how I'm going to apply that content, who I'm going to talk to about it, and I'm thoroughly in, engaged, but that's a different mode of engagement than that person out in the hallway. And then by the the same token, you know, somebody might be in an online environment, um, you know, talking about these potential differences. And, and some people, uh, and they may be very different from the people who are going to talk in a hallway at a conference, are going to be fully willing to, to jump onto the discussion boards and, you know, suggest things and respond to people. And, you know, you might see them at a conference and they're not doing anything like that. And other people are thinking, I'm not putting anything in writing. Then it's, you know, it's there permanently. <laughs> and, and, you know, people can point to it and say, gee, what, how stupid he was or how stupid she was. Um, so those are the kinds of you know, uh, opportunities and, and barriers that can be out there just depending on, on the medium that you're in. Well, and I think those examples are interesting because they lead to this question about, um, you know, what can organizations do to foster or encourage uh, engagement? And I say foster or encourage and not create. I Because I want to steer away from create because I think this gets back to the idea we said in our definitions where engagement needs to be a two-way street. So I don't think any organization can, you know, unilaterally create engagement. You know, the, the best that we can do as uh, organizations in uh, the learning business is to try to foster or encourage it. So with that said, what can we do to foster and create en engagement? Well, I think one of the things is to, to look to what's really kind of the, the golden rule of adult learning, and, and, and you know, and we're talking about engagement in the context of, of learning here. I think anytime anybody's engaged, they're probably learning. Anytime anybody's learning, they're probably engaged. So you know, go to that first rule of adult learning, and I have Malcolm Knowles in, in mind when I say this, and make sure it's relevant. You know, nobody's going to engage with anything that's not really relevant to them. They, they don't see the why to it. They don't see how it applies to them. It, it's not clear what they could possibly do with this you know so you have to make the possibilities clear you have to make the the why clear um to to start out with and you know of course that's gonna that's gonna require some footwork to to get to that point of uh, of truly establishing relevance but but you have to do that footwork if you want to have the hope of fostering engagement on a meaningful level that's right you have to figure out what's relevant and on a very simplistic level i mean it seems like there are two ways to do that one is to observe and sort of see what your members and your customers um, uh, seem to be doing and what that might tell you about what might be relevant 
to them. And then I think the other is is just the direct ask. So you can observe um, or you can directly ask them and sort of say, what are your challenges? What are you, um, what are the opportunities you're, you're looking to capitalize on? And, and so I think by doing that observation and doing that asking, that's going to give you some insight into what is truly relevant for mm-hmm. uh, the folks you're trying to engage, the learners. And to build on that, um, you have to create scenarios where you're able to observe, um, which you know, means usually experimenting to at least some degree uh, to see people in different situations and how they react in different ways to different types of problems and opportunities. You know, so you can't just uh, put out one type of learning experience, look at what's happened there and, and think you've got it nailed. You're, you're going to have to try some different things and observe over time and make sure that you're capturing that data and that you're you know, discussing and engaged around that data within your organization so you are able to learn uh, and, and, and improve as, as far as engagement goes. And then on the, the, the other avenue, they're asking people, um, you know, that, that's an obvious one, but we've found again and again that organizations often are not uh, as uh, sophisticated or as nuanced as maybe they should be in, in going out to, to ask people about things. For instance, you know, there's always been a, a big impulse to ask learners about their preferences, you know, when it comes to technologies or learning styles or that sort of thing. And from my viewpoint, um, that, that information can be valuable if you also know their behaviors. Mm-hmm. What have they actually done in, in the past? And you can compare the two and maybe extract uh, some, some useful knowledge from that. But just they're asking them their preferences alone, you know, good luck with that. Most of us don't truly <laughs> know ourselves well enough or truly know our, our preferences well enough to, to really give good guidance on that point. So ask, but ask artfully. And then, so if we start with relevancy as a way to set the stage or, or encourage uh, engagement, then it seems like as a, a second step, then as much as possible, building in um, ways that encourage them to take action, that encourage um, and focus that action so that there really is this idea of, okay, let's you know apply what it is that you've now heard that's relevant. How are you going to take that relevant uh content or idea or that uh, exchange you had with someone and, and what action are you going to take based on that? Yeah, and this you know goes back to some of the earlier podcasts we've done with you know us discussing uh, learning theory or, or talking um, with, with people about learning theory, but uh, you know people need to uh, be able to elaborate on any any new sort of knowledge or, or skills uh, that they receive. They need to be able to, to make connections. Um, you need to give them those ways, uh, or as much as possible, provide them with ways that they can make those connections. And that may be as simple as what I said earlier, I- encouraging you know note-taking where it's not just about the content, but it's also about you know truly actively drawing connections back to your work and, and how this fits in. But also, I mean, there are any number of ways that, uh, that you can encourage focus action. It may be, you know, that, that you do provide discussion groups uh, at an event, but, you know, be thoughtful about what the purpose of those discussion groups are and how it's actually going to help learners engage with whatever it is they're in the process of, of learning and knowing better. Uh, it may be, you know, having them do some sort of uh, independent activity Activity, whether in the context of a learning event or, you know, this is a, a classic reason for homework, um, but, you know, you want to make the homework, again, relevant. It needs to be something that's meaningful to them that, that hopefully that they're actually going to be able to use. You know, it's not theoretical stuff, you know, get them back into the office or wherever they're working, doing things that actually, you know, uh, demonstrate uh, how the learning works in action. And I think there's, you know, we, we all, we hear about this uh, again and, and again and again, the, you know, 
stand and, and deliver sort of sessions that happen in conferences or that happen on a, a lot of webinars. And a lot of times, you know, the the the, the point or the, the the point of inflection, you know, beyond that it's not a huge leap. I mean, you don't have to engineer, you know, a whole bunch of, again, social interaction in the room or, or that sort of thing, but just simple tips to encourage people to take whatever it is they're hearing from the expert in ways that they should reflect on that and, and apply it in the context of their day-to-day -day lives. But we don't, we don't see enough of even that simple move happening in your typical learning experience, much less more elaborate uh, attempts at getting people to really focus and, and take action around the learning experience. Yeah, I think that idea of a of a well chosen question can be mm -hmm. really powerful, and, and just because we've talked about note taking a couple of times here, too, you know, I think even easy things like uh, telling the folks in the room that they should consider taking their notes by by hand, you know, with mm -hmm. paper and pen or pencil rather than typing, because if we're typing, we tend to transcribe, so we're just taking in what we've heard and putting it back down. If we um, are writing on paper, we can't keep up with what someone else is saying. So we're already right there being forced to um, put into our own words right. or to or to sift out what's most important or most relevant to us. And so already in that act. So I think even just simple things like that, that making sure that, you know, your learners potentially know that and then pairing that kind of thing with a well-chosen question can be very powerful. Yeah, and, and that's not just our opinion. I mean, there's research around right. that that right. actually taking <laughs> notes by hand uh, is much more effective than, than, than typing out notes and certainly is much more effective than not taking notes at all, <laughs> which unfortunately, I, I make a habit of looking around the room whenever I'm at any event and, and seeing how many people seem to be taking notes, whether digitally or by hand. And the number is, is shockingly small, um, I have to say. And, and, and it goes back to the idea of, uh, you know, learner responsibility, too. I mean, engagement, we're talking about what organizations can do to, to foster engagement. But there's an element of learner responsibility there, too. The learner responsibility to herself and the learner responsibility to whatever learning community, you know, he or she is engaging with. And, and that, that, that's a cultural shift. I think a lot of organizations need to help promote that kind of cultural shift among their, their member and their learner base. Well, and Jeff, maybe you just need to be more generous. Maybe those people are just waiting until the end of the session when they can uh, think about, okay, what was most important? That's, and that, and that's then true. they're taking their notes. That, that must be it. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do see a lot of Facebook pages up during uh, these <laughs> sessions, so I'm not so, not so sure about that. Um, and we've already implied it in our conversation. We've talked about relevancy, and then we've talked about you know the encouraging focused action uh, around uh, the learning. But then I, I think the third component uh, of this if we think of this as sort of a three-part formula for engagement, uh, is being able to, uh, making it possible for the learner to, to see results, to see outcomes, and providing for meaningful feedback uh, around those uh, results and, and outcomes. Yeah, and I think if we go to the point about uh, questions and how powerful questions can be to really help engage uh, the learner, I mean, one simple thing there is make sure that the learner gets some type of feedback or response uh, to her response to the question that's mm -hmm. been asked. I think often um, uh, a question can be asked, someone's asked to spend some time reflecting, and even after they share, maybe there's time allotted for sharing, but then there's no real substantive, you know, feedback given. It's sort of thank you and the, you know, person sits down or, you know, move on to the next person. So I think to the extent that you can, and obviously this doesn't work in 
massive you know context but to the extent where you can make sure that that person is getting some type of um, substantive specific feedback to um, to what she's just said or written or whatever it is then uh, I think that's very meaningful yeah definitely um, and you know, I think all of this implies and this starts to veer towards how, how do you make these things happen um, but I think it implies that a organizations need to be much more intentional uh, in, in thinking about how they foster engagement. So most organizations at least tune in, I think, to the relevancy question, but, but probably need to, to tune in at a, at a more sophisticated, more nuanced level than they are and in a much more intentional level than they are right now, um, you know, really providing for uh, action, focused action, and really providing for those sort of results and feedback, though, uh, that certainly starts with the organization being intentional. But I think, I think we are at the verge of really, well, we're starting to see, and I think we really need to see a shift in how organizations engage with their presenters, their facilitators, their subject matter experts, because really those are the people who are on the front line when it comes to engagement. Yeah, and I think that as more organizations are starting to tune in, that they need to be paying attention to that. One thing they need to be aware of is you can't, um, again, you can't top down, say, engage thou engage, shalt engage thou shalt engage right you cannot do that that it's got to be you've got to model the engagement with your facilitators and your you know teachers whatever you want to call them you have to model that engagement with them so that then they can do it effectively with with learners down the line and that's i think even as we're starting to see an uptick i think maybe too many organizations are still on the side of, okay, we're going to put together these guidelines around what it means to be a good facilitator, and there's some stuff in here that's going to help with engagement. But if if you aren't really interacting with mm -hmm. the facilitators uh, around that, then I don't think it's going to get you very far. Yeah, and I think it all traces back to uh, people who are providing learning experiences really being conscious and intentional about themselves as learners and what works for them and what engages them and trying to bring you know some of that to the practice that uh that they're putting in place for their own learners which you know of course goes back to a couple of episodes ago when we we're talking about uh, reflection i mean engagement i think if you are a, a serious learning provider a serious learning practitioner somebody who is uh teaching you need to be engaged in reflection around your own learning experiences and, and what does engage you, what does work, and how you can help others bring that out in themselves whenever they're engaged with you. Right, and so those three things we were talking about to help set the stage for engagement, you know, providing relevant content and opportunities, um, making sure that there's a encouragement for focused action, and then helping um, people to see the results, to see their progress, those three things then really need to be wrapped uh, within a context of iteration. I mean, mm -hmm. and I, to me, this, I think, gets back to that uh, point that engagement is a, a two-way street. And so you need to provide these things. You also need to be, um, as an organization in the business of learning, you need to provide those things to set the stage and then you need to see how they're working and you need to iterate. It has to be uh, a responsive uh, dialogue exchange that's happening um, for it, I think, to be as effective as possible. Right. 
So I guess as we're sort of wrapping up this episode, then uh, first of all, we hope this has been relevant content. If you're if you're still listening at this point, then uh, we're going to assume it's relevant content. Uh, but we would encourage you to you know whether it's mentally or physically, you know, take some notes here, and not just about what we've talked about, but about uh, how you are going to apply this in your day to day work, how you're going to apply this with your organization, and um, and, and what sort of results you're going to be looking for in, in doing that, and, and how you're going to know. So as we're dialing out, um, we want to mention one more time that we do have what we think will be an, a very engaging learning experience coming up in May, specifically May 18th and 19th in Arlington, Virginia, called Learning Technology Design. And again, you can find out about LTD at ltd.leadinglearning.com. And, and we hope that uh, you or others at your organization will consider joining us there. Also want to just mention one more time that we are grateful to Com Partners for being a sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And you can find out more about Com Partners at compartners.com. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 27. While you're there, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And we do hope that you will take a minute and subscribe. We would also be grateful if you would uh, take just a minute to go over to iTunes and um, show a little love there. Just give us a, a rating, some stars, and, and a brief review. And you can get there easily just by going to leadinglearning.com forward slash iTunes. And finally, please consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a pre-populated tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick your social network of preference and, and use the text at leadinglearning.com slash share to spread the word about the podcast. So thanks again. We are always very happy to engage with you here, and we will see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.